Thank you so much for that. Uh, I know someone said that I, I have double duty today, but um, I actually have triple duty today because after this I have to go to another church. And the reason why I'm dressed up today is because I have to go to the CMA church after, uh, you know, in the evening <laughs> for their uh, evening service. And so they don't have a pastor yet at their church. And, you know, in our, here in the Methodist, we're, we're a, little, a little bit more flexible with the way we dress. But in the CMA church, they're, they're more formal. And so... They expect the pastor to be dressed up, and so that's, yeah, so something I have to do just to, uh, so to share the word of God with them. But anyways, one of my, one of my first job, one of my, my very first job, uh, summer job, I worked for Hewlett Packard in an assembly line, and um, that, that was in Lincoln. I worked there for a whole summer for them. And, you know, we, it, was, it was a boring, boring job, but, you know, it, it is what it is, right? And so you would go to that assembly line, and they, they would have, you know, we, we would work in teams of, you know, six or seven people, and we would just stand there at that line where they have that belt coming through, and they would just have all kinds of different products coming through, and we would have to just pack that up. But everybody had their own little role, you know? And, you know, you do that role for a while, and then you get bored, and you ask somebody else, to, to switch with you, and you know sometimes you know, the easiest one is the, the easiest position is the position where you just put the sticker on the box, right? So that's the easiest one. So I used to love to do that part. <laughs> you just sit there whenever the part, the, everything is packed up, everybody comes down, and then you just put the, you know, the sticker on that box. And so um, I, I, lo- I love that, that position. But I did that for, for a whole summer. You know, I did that for a whole summer back when I was, uh, you know, back, uh, well, this was probably, what, 1990. Six or 1997, and to me it doesn't seem that long ago. But for my kids, you know, that's ancient times, you know, for them. And so, um, you know, back then when Hewlett Packard was still over in Lincoln, so I worked for them for a whole summer. And when I'm thinking about that, you know, just reflecting upon that, I realized that the church, in a way, is a lot like that assembly line. It's a lot like that because we all have our different parts. God has gifted us with different gifts in the church. And the only difference, the only difference between that assembly line that I was working at and the church is that that assembly line was dealing with just a product. It was simply just an organization. But the church is something that is living. It is an organized, I wrote here, it is an organized organism, meaning that it is alive. And when we come together, and when we come together, we're not simply here to pack up a product, but when we come here together, we're actually here to live out this Christian life together as a family. And we live our life together, we share our lives with each other, we share our joys and we share our concerns. We share the good times and we share the bad times and we share all these times and we actually invest in each other's lives. And many of us, we come from many different backgrounds, many different cultures. We have the Hmong congregation, we have the Anglo congregation, but we're all one family. And we're investing in each other's lives. And I know some of you guys, um, well, Alma told me that she went and visited Shore and Kong because Shore is very sick right now. And she went to visit them and to pray for them. And so you see, so we see that we're living our lives and we're investing in each other's lives and we're coming together. And all of this is only made possible because of Jesus Christ, because of Jesus Christ. So we are, we are not simply an organization like any other organization out there. We're not simply a nonprofit group, but we are a, a living, a living thing. We are living, we are alive, and being alive, we must 
draw or we must be connected to a source somewhere, a source that gives us that life. And we see that source as Jesus Christ, that we are to be connected to Jesus Christ. And as we, as we read the scriptures and as we study the scriptures, we see every single way in which the church is being referred to. It's always being, re, being referred to as something that is living. That is, it is something that is alive. We see the vine and the branches, something that is alive. We see the sheep and the shepherd. We see the bride and the groom, the bridegroom. And of course, we see the apostle Paul here in, here in, the, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talking about the church as a body, as a body in Christ. As a child growing up, I, I came from a very small, small family. Came from a very, very small family. In the Hmong culture, um, we love big families. <laughs> we love big families. You guys probably know that right now. But I came from a very small family. Although, although my clan, Yang, the, you know, the Yang last name, there's, there's just like, you know, it's a big clan. But my family itself is a very, very small family. And so I've always, so whenever I went around town, whenever, you know, I, I went around with, with, in, within my community and I see all these people with big families and they sit together at the table and, you know, many times they don't invite you to sit at the table because you're not part of their family. And they have all their families sit together at the table together and, and you know, you got 40, 50 people just sitting at the table together and sometimes I would yearn that so much. I would just want to be a part of that. I just, I would just want to have a family of my own, a big family, so that I can experience what they experience. And a lot of times they will have parties and they will have feasts and they will pack up the church, four or five hundred people. You know, my family's not very big. If we get to a hundred people, that's good, you know. But they will pack up the church, four or five hundred people in, their, in the church just for their parties, just for their feasts. And I used to yearn that so much because that's one thing that, that is um, emphasized on in the Hmong culture. This big, big family, big families. Half of my family was killed in the Vietnam War, and that's why my family is very small. Um, our village was burned down, and so half of my family was killed. So that's why we have a very small family. But I've always yearned for that my whole life. And so not having that, I've always looked to the church. I've always looked to the church and hoping to find a church that I can feel as though I am actually a part of the church family. Feel as though I'm actually just being a part of that, of that group. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's difficult. Because even though in the Hmong culture, even when we are a church, we still have that same mentality of just sticking with our clan. And so sometimes coming from a small family, when I go into Hmong churches a lot of times, you don't fit in. You're not accepted. And so I've always yearned. I've always yearned so much just to find that church. When I was 14 years old, I wrote a little song, and we sang it at a, at a Christian concert for the CMA. And I wrote it in Hmong, of course. But uh, my experience in the church, I've, I've seen a lot of, um, like, I, like I've told you guys before, a lot of fighting, a lot of arguing, and not a lot of unity. And so I wrote a song, and these are the lyrics for the song. I, 
translated from Hmong to English, and it sounds kind of corny <laughs> in English, but <laughs> it is what it is. But it gets the point out, okay? And so it's, it's, this is what this, my song, when I wrote at 14 years old for this uh, Christian concert about unity, and the, the lyric says this, that here, my life here on this earth, all I see in the church are people fighting and arguing. And as I observe this every day, my tears are falling. And will there ever be a day that there's peace in the church? When I'm hurting, will there be anyone to love me? When my heart is stressing, will there be anyone to even worry with me? And as we live together, the church, we need to learn to love each other. What does the word of God say? Please let us take it and think about it for a while. Doesn't it teach us to forgive those who sin against us? So no matter which clan you belong to, no matter which dialect you may speak, whether it's green or white, let us, let us hold each other's hands and be brothers and sisters so others may see God's grace and his mercy. When someone sin against you, please let it go. Don't hold it into your heart forever and hold grudges against one another. We must learn to love one another, for one day we will all live in heaven together. The Word of God teaches us clearly that even though we don't belong to the same clan or we don't have the same last name, it is by the name of God that we are one family. At 14 years old, I wrote this song because I, I was thinking, because I was observing so many things going on in the church at that time. And it really hurt me at that time just to see this because, like I said, I came from a very small Hmong family. And so I depended so much. So I looked up to the church so much. I wanted to be a part of the church, a place where I can just feel like I belong. And as I was growing up, my experience in the church was not very best. And I've told you guys this before, that many of my siblings have left the church because our experience in the church was not, was not the greatest of things. And it is only through the love and grace of God that I'm able to endure and to move past all these things. But as we see and as we study the scriptures, we see a few things that God is teaching us about the church. And that thing is this, the first off, more than anything, is that we see that the church is a family. And the reason for that is because we see Jesus Christ teaching us in John chapter 3, verse 3, and he says that unless you are born again, you see, you have to be born again spiritually to be a part of the family, to be a part of that church. So as we are being born again, we become a part of that church. We become a part of the family. We belong to that family. I know nowadays, and for us, we, we like to belong to each local different churches and things of that sort. But when God is talking about the church, he's talking about everybody, all the churches, all the churches. And, and we see that we are a family because we have to be born again to become part of this. Just like we are being born into our, our human family, we are being born into our church family also. Jesus says, unless you are born again, you cannot enter. You cannot enter, so we must be born again. And from that, we also see that it is something that is done by God. It's not done by us. You see, we, we come here together not because we planned it out. I know a lot of times we like to go around and look at different churches and say, you know, pick and choose which church I need to go to and things like that. 
But the truth of the matter of fact is that God's word is teaching us that God is the one that is sending us out. God is the one that's assigning us. God is the one that's putting us together. And just like the, just like the human family, where sometimes God will, you know, you'll be, you'll be able to born into that family, and a lot of times you don't like your brothers, you don't like your sisters, right? They annoy the heck out of you, but it's still part of your family. And that's how the church is. A lot of times when God, when God calls us to that church and God brings us into that church, many times in that church it might not live up to our expectations. It might not be everything that we want it to be. There may be a whole bunch of people in that whole church, in that church that annoys the heck out of us. Right? But that's what it means to be a family. And that's what I had to understand as I was watch, watching my church fight all those years since I was a little child. That's what I had to understand is that, you know, no matter how much they fought, no matter how, how much they argued, no matter if they called the cops on each other during church, right? Doesn't matter. We're still a family and I still need to love them. I still need to serve them. And that's what helped me through. You know, my brothers and sisters, they, they saw that as something so negative. They left the church. They won't come back. But when I, I was looking at that, I, and I was studying the scriptures, I see that no matter how bad we were, no matter that we can't even get along, and, and we can't even agree whether or not we should go butcher a cow or butcher a pig, right? So we can't even agree on things like that. Some people want to, you know, go butcher a cow for a party. Some others want to butcher a pig for a party. Others just want to eat chickens, right? Right? And we can't even agree on things like that. We fight over things like that. But yet, that's what makes us a family. That's what makes us a church. And so I had to understand that as I was growing up. When I was younger, I was, I was struggling with that so much. But as I st start to study the scriptures and I start to understand stand the scriptures, I see that that's, that's what it's like. And we just need to love one another because God has a purpose. God has a purpose to bring us all together because some way, somehow, in God's own wisdom, he's going to make it work. And I don't know how. You know, I don't know how we're going to get along, but God has a purpose. And so he brings us together for that very, very purpose. And we're just simply there to live with each other, to share our lives with one another. And sometimes, you know, we get so angry at each other, we come to church and we don't even acknowledge each other anymore, you know. We don't even want to shake each other's hands anymore, but that's okay. We'll move past that. Just like families, you know, even now, my, my youngest sister, she's about 10 years younger than me, she, she don't like me. <laughs> okay. So we, we have different views of the world, okay, so, so she don't really acknowledge me, but it's okay. We're still, we're still brothers and sisters. I still love her, and whenever there's family function, you know, we come and we see each other, and she just walks away, but it's okay. You know, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We're still family. Because whenever, you know, whenever something comes up, we're, we're still there for each other, you know. And so, because um, my sister, she, she doesn't like the Hmong traditional stuff anymore, and so she wants to get away from that. Well, well, I'm trying to tell her that, you know, we still have our parents, and so we still need to acknowledge that part of our culture. But she doesn't want to do, have anything to do with that. So that, that's, a, that's where the disagreement is at. But um, that's, how, that's how it is. That's life. Even when you don't agree, and even, don't, even when you don't get along, you have to understand that you are a family. And the church, the church is a family. And so we need to come together. And there must be unity in the church. 
And we must be united under a certain purpose. And that purpose, as I said before, it's always our connection to Christ. We're always connected together because of our acknowledgement of who Jesus Christ is as our Lord and our Savior and our God as our Father. And we are all children of God. I don't know if you guys know this, but you're, you guys are actually prince and princess, right? <laughs> We're all prince and princess here, you know, because our Father, God, is the king. And so we're all prince and princess here. We're all royalty, right? We're all royalty here. So that's, that's who we are as a church, you know? That's who we are. And our Father is, is the great king. And that every single person, as we read through the scripture, we see that every single person matters. And we don't, wanna, we don't ever want to push anybody out. You know, we don't ever want to push anybody out. Now, now the body is not made up. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, you see? So don't say that just because you're, you're, not, you're not able to do somebody else's, you're, you don't have the gift that somebody else has. It doesn't mean that you don't belong in the church. Not, not, there's no one in this room that has all the gifts. No one. You know, some, some of us, we have the gift of um, um, administration. Some of us, we have the gift of preaching, teaching. Some of us, you know, we, we have the gift of leadership or, and things like that. But none of us have all the gifts. And God, I believe God did that on purpose so that we would depend on each other, so that we can work together. But a lot of times we don't see it from God's perspective and we see it from our perspective. And we say, you know, since I don't have this gift that this other person has, then that means I must not be important or that means I'm, I'm not part of this body. I'm not part of this church, but that's not true. We all have a gift. We all have something to offer to the church. And that's why God brings us together. That's why we are together. It goes on and says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? You see, if everybody was just an eye, then how are we going to hear? It's just like that assembly line again. If everybody was doing my job and putting the sticker on, then, who, then, then who, how are we going to get that, that package packed up, right? We need somebody to pack that package up so that I can put that sticker on that box, right? <laughs> right? So that's, you know, so everybody needs to do their job. Everybody has their, their, their job, their duty. God has gifted us with different things. And so it goes on to say that God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. See, once again, we see that. That God is the one that arranges. God is the one that brings us together. God is the one that makes us into a family. And each and every single one of us in this room matters to this church. Without your input, without your support, this church will not be able to grow. Um, you don't only matter to the English service, but you, you matter to the Hmong service also. I want us to understand that. As I told the Hmong, the, the Hmong congregation that this is not only about the Hmong congregation, but it's also about the, everybody in the church. We need to input into each other's uh, ministry. We need to share the ministry together, you know. The Hmongs need to help out the Anglos. The Anglos need to help out the Hmongs. We need to invest in each other's lives. We are one church. We are one church. We are one people. We are one family. And that's what we need to come. That's what we need to understand. And we need to come to that understanding. And once we come to that understanding, I believe that God is going to do many, many great things through this church. I truly believe that. God continues to search out for a church that will glorify Him. God continues to search out for a church that will be able to model the biblical church for the world to see. And I want this church to be that church. 
as we look at the book of Corinthians, we see, we see something about the, the Corinth church, and the, Corinthian, the Corinth church is everything that you don't want to be, okay? It's everything that you don't want to be. And so if you read the book of Corinthians, then just do the opposite, okay? So, yeah, but, um, but even, even though they, they, were, they were that way, even though they were that way, they were still a church, you see, and God still loved them. And the apostle Paul continues to teach them so they will come together. And that's why he used the body analogy. That's why he came. in chapter 12 he comes and he comes to the body because he wanted them to understand how they are to function. And he wanted them to understand that God has put them together. And even though at that time they were struggling, there was hope for them. And that's what the apostle Paul was um, trying to expre- express to them. And as a church, I, we're, we're, not like, we're nothing like the Corinth church, okay? We're nothing like that. But there's always room for improvement. And I believe that as a church, God is going to do mighty, mighty great things among us as we continue to love one another and continue to in, invest in each other's lives. And uh, uh, once again, I want to just want to pray for Liz and for, for Timothy. I want all of us to pray for their safety as they uh, go to Ohio. So remember to pray for them. And uh, we are going to miss them dearly. Uh, I'm going to miss them dearly myself, too. And so uh, let us pray together. Father, we thank you so much, Father, for bringing us here together, Father. It is you who have arranged us this way. And so we are brothers and sisters, and whether or not we like each other, you have a greater purpose for us, Father. And so please reveal that purpose to us, and please continue to lead us so that we will discover that purpose that you have for us, Father. So we give you all things, and we lift all people to you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.